Welcome to a, I don't want to call it a special edition of Sideline Junkies. It's just what we do at this point. We bring you our opinion, and tonight it's going to be me and KG Rock. Talk a little bit, little Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. We're going to dive into the uh, Redskins and Cowboys matchup this weekend. Well, actually tomorrow. Talk a little local, a little Wizards. NBA start this week. We haven't, uh, we haven't talked to you since the NBA started. So, what's up, KG? What's happening, BJ? Not much, man. Kind of uh, some hot, hot button topics, but definitely some stuff as a Bills fan I would like to get off my chest. And um, I, I don't even know where to start. Jump in there and start anyway, man. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have to have a place to start. It's a lot to get off your chest. Yeah, I know. Um <sighs> okay, well, if you told me this team would be where it is right now as far as its record, um, I'd be laughing at you. I, honestly, I would. I mean, they're still, that's not, they're still fourth in the NFCs. Um, they're two and four. Uh, the way they were looking the first couple of games, you really thought they would probably be a, a one and 15 team. They'd probably luck up and trip and, and beat somebody, but um, had that game against Minnesota with defense play lights out. Um, but now you have a, a, a injury to your your future, your franchise, which is Josh Allen, and um, you get the uh, the terrifying. I think it's fitting that it's Halloween coming up and it's October. You get the horrified terrifying play of one Nathan Peterman. <laughs> now, <laughs> now it's just, I, it's, 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 I think if you had a, a, a comparable quarterback, a, a quarterback that was subpar, on par, you know, this team might have another win. You know, they might be uh, three and three. It could be because I mean it's 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 been a, it's been a lot of games where you know this team is just can't move the ball at all. Um, the top ten rushing attack that we've come to know at one Bills drive is is, is basically right now. Um, teams are loading it. Darren Josh Allen to throw whoever's back there to just throw the ball to. Receivers that definitely haven't proved proven anything at this point. Um, between not getting separation and the quarterback not being able to find them, that's a deadly combo. Um, so, on back on the Nathan Peterman, um, KG, we were talking earlier, and uh, I showed you his stats from college. Now, what did you think about his stats from college? I thought that they were pretty solid, to be quite honest with you. I, I looked at them, and I was like, okay, you know, the last two years at uh, Pittsburgh were pretty solid. So I wasn't, you know, moved or overwhelmed by it, but I thought they were solid. Okay, I'm glad you said that because when I looked at his – college stats his four or five years, four years in college, the first to a Tennessee, then going to Pittsburgh, I was very underwhelmed and very underimpressed. 
and I was trying to figure out how and who at one Bills drive wasted a fifth round pick on this guy because um, we 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 always talk about it all the time. KG, um, your scouting, your scouts, your 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 talent evaluators is going to make or break your franchise. True. So. So it's just where did they see anything positive on Nathan Peterman that would have resulted in them pulling the trigger in the fifth round? To me, he's the type of guy that, hey, he might have something special, but we're going to do an undrafted free agent. We'll bring him in for a workout. It's no way, it's no reason that this guy should still be employed in the NFL. And and, and and Buffalo just proved it because they just signed Derek Anderson. They basically uh, did CPR on Derek Anderson, brought him back to life, and signed him. And now he's starting tomorrow. I mean, uh, at, at, at the Colts, that doesn't say anything but, to you? I'm going to answer both of your questions. What they've seen in him and what does it say? Uh, you were talking about his last two years at Pittsburgh, and he moved to Pittsburgh as a, a as a graduate. So he graduated from Tennessee in two years, moved to Pittsburgh. In 13 games, 26 games total, uh, he played with Pittsburgh. First year in 2015, 193 at 313, 22, 87, 20 touchdowns over eight INTs. Senior year, 185 completions, 30, and 306 attempts. 28-55, 27 touchdowns over seven interceptions. Not bad numbers. Now, he was invited to the Senior Bowl. And this is where I think Buffalo got lost in transition. During Senior Bowl practices, he impressed the scouts and the media because he he displayed his size, accuracy, his mobility, his powerful arm. Where's that at? He also met with the New Orleans Saints, and he was praised by Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis. So in the Senior Bowl, he was sixteen to twenty-three for one hundred and fifty-three yards and a touchdown. But they, you know, the North lost the game. Um, at the combine, he was very unimpressive at the combine. He came in at six-two, two twenty-six, uh, thirty-two inch arm length, nine and seven-eighth hand size. His forty-yard dash time was 4.8. Uh, his 10-yard split was 1.67. 20-yard split was 2.8. Uh, three cones, 7.14. Vertical jump, 31 inches. Broad jump, 9 feet, 2 inches. His He only scored a, one, oh, a 33 on the wonder lip. So. So, I, I'm listening to you reel off those stats, and I just Still cannot. I'm reaching, and I still can't find a reason to take him in the fifth round. But, like I said, this this guy is is like you, you're a scout, and you say, okay, he got a decent arm. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's bring him in for a workout. Maybe you know, see what he got. Maybe he got some. You never can measure heart. You can, you know, and those intangibles inside, you can't measure that. And sometimes that'll show up on a playing field and not in combine, not in you know drills that that are set up you know is this something that you have or you don't have where um game time and in certain situations you make plays it's just just the way it is basketball football every, any anyway 
You know, you, it's 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 time and time out. You you've seen guys that have done terrible in the combine, but come to play on Sunday or whatever day, whatever day they play. So, but here's my problem, and I believe if I'm looking at this correctly, okay, no, Chad Kelly was the last quarterback taken. He was Mister Irrelevant out of Ole Miss. Um, I'm looking to see who else they could have took in the fifth round. And as far as quarterbacks go, no name steps jumps out to me. Um, well, the Buffalo, I know the Buffalo Bills fan base wanted them to get Chad Kelly for uh, the the obvious reasons, but that's not how you run a franchise. You know that you 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 pick you. If you got good talent evaluators and good scouts, you pick your needs. Yeah, but for for your team, this is what I don't understand. When he came in to y- your team, you had Cardell Jones. Why did Why didn't Cardell Jones get a chance? Another Another project. If this guy was obviously it was going to be a project, right? So another project quarterback. Why exactly? Why did he get a chance? And the th- the thing is, you had T.J. Yates. Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones wound up getting traded to the Chargers. But you know Cardell Jones can play. And you drafted him the year before. I I, I don't know. Maybe they don't they didn't have any confidence in Cardell Jones and playing in uh in in in, in the NFL, but he showed that he could step in and he could play at Ohio State. He's pretty big for the position. Six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. He kind of reminds you a little bit of uh, Byron Leftwich. Okay. And he didn't put up impressive numbers. Now Peterman did put up impressive numbers, but he didn't really put up very impressive numbers. And you know, I, I would I would beg to differ that they were impressive. Peterman's numbers were impressive. I think that's the wrong choice of words. I agree with you. Um he ran a four eight and a forty. He didn't do the ten yard split, the twenty yard split, uh, the three cone, the twenty yard shuttle. Uh, his vertical jump was thirty six inches, twenty five on the wonder lick. Um, just you say it all the time, B, and it is absolutely true. You draft a player, especially a young guy like a Peterman, a Cardell Jones, uh. We'll take it back, a RG3, a Kirk Cousins. You take those guys and you mold your offense. You sit down with them and you find out what they're good at. And you put that in there. You know, when they're on the field, this is the plays you call. This is their plays. And they talked about Peterman's arm strength and his mobility. Where is it? Yeah, I, 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 I ask you the same thing. Um, decision making, arm strength. I don't see any of this. Um, it, it, it's frustrating because I, I'm looking at the Bills as a as a team, as far as the statistics, um, second to last in offense right now. Third to last, yeah. Wow. Second to last in offense in the league. Third to last in defense. So. We always talk about how important the quarterback position is, and and uh, you know, I don't mind. That's a little BJ, y'all. He 
He a little fussy. My man, my man. Don't mind him. Don't mind him, though. But it's more problems with the team. I mean, you have you have some good spots. Um, the linebackers, Edmonds, Milano. Uh, of course, Kyle Williams. He, he's Mr. Buffalo. Um, running game has been non-existent. They have no – it just have no playmakers. And uh, You know what? I'm looking at your coaching staff, B. Now, Dave Cully is your quarterback's coach. When Nathan Peterman fails, I don't put that on McDermott. I put it on David Cully. Now, David Cully got 18 seasons of NFL experience. He's been uh, a wide receiver, but he, that's just it. He's a wide receivers coach. Why is why is he right, a quarterback but he, coach? But, but here's all right. But here's the thing, and I and I agree with you because if you're you're the QB coach, you, you're watching this guy in practice, and you know what throws he can and cannot make. If you know his decision making is questionable, then you have to tone down mm-hmm. your offense, and you have to simplify your offense. And they're not. It seems like they're not doing that for Peterman. It, it, it's like Okay, if he if he does have any strengths, we're not seeing them. You're not highlighting them, and if you think you are highlighting, you're, you they they definitely need to be fired. But I I put it on I put it on um, Sean McDermott also because you're also watching this in practice, and you're the head coach, and you're supposed to have the last say. So if you know you hear in the headset, let's say I don't know if he calls the plays or not. Let's say the OC calls the plays and McDermott hears them. At some point, you're gonna be like, "No, he can't do that." Right? Oh, we need to hold, oh, call the timeout, have a quick little talk with the OC. Be like, "Look, man," but it shouldn't even get to that point in the game because you should have already squashed this in the game plan. We got Peterman and the quarterback. We got to dial it down. You know, we got to get his confidence up. Some screen passes, some uh, some running back screens, some wide receiver screens. Maybe he's mobile, maybe move the pocket for him, you know, had the receivers come to him, you know, wherever he's rolling to, you know, and, and just and, and do it like that. But it's just like they're putting him in here, but like, okay, this is what you're going to run and pick yeah. six, pick six, interception. And this is like last season when he had that five interception half against the Chargers, you're like, okay, maybe that's just bad luck, you know, nerves, but he's come in and been pretty consistent at being bad. But uh, jump back into your coaching staff. When you say on Sean McDermott, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's been uh, – Which makes yeah. it even worse. Uh, with, with the Eagles, he was a s- scouting administrative coordinator for a year, um, assistant to the head coach. Uh, what else we got? Defensive assistant, quality control, defensive back coach, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, and secondary coach. Because remember, he took over for uh, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson was his mentor. Right. Uh, he went to Carolina right. for five years as defensive coordinator before becoming a Buffalo Bills head coach. Now, see, this is where, where, where I have a problem at. With Jim Johnson, the great, the late great Jim Johnson, who – I could not stand playing against because of he 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 coached the way you and I would coach if we coached defenses, dialing up a lot of blitzes and just like 
you know, I, my love for Greg Williams. You never know where the blitz is coming from. Uh, Jim Johnson took lesser-known stars. I'm sorry, lesser-known players and kind of sort of turned them into stars in his system. This is where I have a problem with McDermott. If you're going to focus on defense, why are you not doing that now? Why are you not taking your lesser-known stars and you bringing out these exotic blitzes? Because nobody's blitzing anymore. Nobody's bringing the heat. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think he's he's he. They're relaying them offensive uh, calls through him, and he's like, no, he can't do that. I think he's more focused on defense instead of focusing on the whole team as a whole. Well, well, if if your theory is right, then he's he's he needs to be relieved of his duties as a head coach, because when you take over that head coach role, yeah, your specialty might be defense, but you have to have your hands in air all everything, the special teams. I mean, you can't, you can't, me and you, honestly, we can sit here and say that the plays about being called and McDermott's not hearing them. You can't, you can't tell me that as a head coach that they're calling uh, uh, any type of trick special teams play, he's not hearing it. And be like, no, or yeah, yeah or nay. That has to go through him. He's a coach. But, but going back to your point that he's a defensive-minded coach, that makes it even worse that Peterman's out there doing what he, he's doing now. Let me tell you why. Because this man, would, if he was on a, the other team coming into Buffalo, he would be game-planning his defense against Peterman's weaknesses. So if you know Peterman's weakness as a defensive-minded coach, then you know how to prepare him and how to prepare that offense to kind of counteract and kind of counter what the defense is throwing at you. So either it wouldn't matter if he's offensive minded, defensive minded. You see this guy in practice, your defense is defense isn't half bad. I think the stats are a little bit misleading because the offense goes off the field so many times, three and out so many times and so mm-hmm. quick. So you can't, and I, 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 if you listen to the show, I say this all the time. When you have a below-average quarterback, you can never see if you have talent at wide receiver. You might see it every a flash every now and again. You might see somebody have some wheels and, and, and Josh Allen hit them deep or whatever. But if it's not consistent, you don't get to see a Zay Jones sign. You don't get to shine. You don't get to see a Kelvin Benjamin use his 6'5 frame and go up consistently and go get balls like he was wanting to do. You don't get to see your your tight end, one of the, been one of the better tight ends in the league, Clay, make plays for you over the field. You know, it just – it doesn't um, – you, you just don't get to see this. <laughs> um, I just it's, – it's – it's frustrating. Now you're going to see Derek Anderson. Um, now, of course, we weren't doing the show when Derek Anderson was a Brown. Um, Jim told me the quarterback he was fighting with. Uh, who was Derek Anderson fighting? The, the Browns were going back and forth between Derek Anderson and his another quarterback. What, who was it? Wasn't Do it Brian remember? Hoyer? I think Jim did say Brian. It was Brian Hoyer. Um, I was harking for Derek Anderson back yeah. then. He wasn't. He wasn't a franchise savior. He was a good stopgap quarterback. The the, the 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 Bills had a defense. 
had a running game. You could bring a quarterback in there that got a little arm on him, cut through that Buffalo cold air, and voila, uh, Kyle Orton. You got a Kyle Orton season where you get nine and seven, just missed the playoffs. You get a competent quarterback in there, and 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 voila, it's a totally different team. Teams aren't sending seven, eight guys blitzing every time because they know the quarterback's not going to find it. They have no respect for that quarterback. And, and Josh Allen is the future. Um, I think I think I really think they need to get somebody in here to work with him. And and that would have been a uh before he got the head coaching job before that been a Cal Shanahan type, Sean McFay, you know, those type of young guys. You get them in there and and have them work with your receivers. You, you know what? Um it it wasn't uh Brian Hoyer. I I looked it up. Uh he when he came into the with the Browns, he was the backup for uh Charlie Fry. And him, Charlie Fry and Brady Quinn as a rookie fought it out okay. for uh for the um starting quarterback. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember was it Brian Brian Hoy is the one that went down in the Buffalo game when EJ Manuel was your starting quarterback, and both of them went down with torn ACLs in the same game. I'm looking at. I'm gonna throw another stat at you, Buffalo uh, Bills Mafia. Total first downs, the Buffalo Bills are dead last at 84. Mm. Um, the the next closest is Arizona at 90. Third down percentage. Second to last, 27.9%. Third down, that's how many third downs you're converting. This is what I'm saying. You're not getting off the field. So the the I think I think personally you had a middle of the pack defense. They really they're good enough. They get going, they could probably, you know, hang with somebody, stop some people. But you playing this the same, let's say you got eleven on the field, you rotating fifteen, defensive line, nickel back dime every now and again. You keep coming on the field, guys going to get tired. Yes, indeed. You keep coming back on the field, coming back on the field. And, and you coming back on the field quick. There's no drive being put together. This is all quarterback play. It all goes, Unfortunately, it all goes back on the quarterback. So now with Josh Allen being out two to three weeks, you get Derek Anderson stepping in. And I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Um uh, I'm gonna ask you a question, and this Fire is away. totally honest. Um, your offensive coordinator, uh, Brian DeBall, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He has mm-hmm. five Super Bowl rings. He has a national championship. Why is it that he can't get maximum effort out of this offense when he has the pedigree? He worked under. One. Well, who does he have the five Super Bowls with? He has five rings with New England. Exactly. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Basically, you 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 press that button, you get it up to 55, 56 miles an hour, and then you press the cruise control button. But now, like he, I, he was also the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban in 2017. Once again, you have the best athletes in the country. Alabama could come out with their third, fourth stringers and be probably still be eighty five percent of the country. That's that's not impressive. <laughs> as much as I hate saying? to admit it, I agree. It, 
Yeah, it's not. That's not impressive. That you, you're the, you're the offensive coordinator. You you were riding the coattails of Tom Brady. We all know who runs that ship is mm-hmm. Bill Belichick. Now that and this is what I'm saying. You're telling me that the defense, uh, let's just say New England wants to do an onside kick. You telling me that's not going through Belichick headset? He looking down there like no. Or he giving a head nod saying go ahead. Don't go ahead for it. You know, and don't get me wrong. You know, you're a defensive coach. I'm sure, and Belichick's defensive minded, so I'm sure he has his hand in calling some of the plays or whatever. But you know, I'm sure he's not calling any head coach. I'm, I'm I don't think that unless you're like a Andy Reid, and you're really into call, the play calling and stuff like that. And you know, but I think you know. Or Sean McVay or, or Kyle Shanahan, those guys are really into their offense. So whoever the offensive coordinator is, they're they're working with them right. hand in hand. And it's it's not like that in Buffalo. I think the offensive coordinator is calling the plays. I think the defensive coordinator is calling the plays. But it's going through Sean McDermott, you know, and more, and more so defense. He probably has his ear a little bit more on the defense. He, you know, he got some good pieces with Edmonds, Milano. He got some. Some 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 good pieces on defense, good safeties. I just think to get a if you can ever figure out the quarterback play and and get somebody in here that you know. I know Josh Allen's a, a work in progress, and you got to take take your lumps on him now. But but on defense, you got a, a you got a pretty good defensive coordinator. I'm not gonna lie about that. You got Leslie Frazier. For most that don't know Leslie Frazier, uh, former Chicago Bay, he was a part of that 85 Bears defense. He was a corner. And he has a Super Bowl ring as a player, and he has a Super Bowl ring as a coach. So, But we know uh, we know that uh, uh, Leslie Frazier can coach because he coached two years in Minnesota, but he just didn't have the pieces there. He didn't have everything he needed to win there. Man, you know what? That's a whole nother episode. It just seems like when certain – we're not going to go into details. It just seems like when certain people have head coaching jobs, whether it be the NFL or the NBA, they don't never have the pieces they need to win. And then it seems like when another person – and we're not going to go into details. We're not going to go into the person's, uh, you know, Makeup, but it just seems like when another person comes in, same team, all of a sudden, the team puts some pieces together, and now the team wants. Yeah, to, win. to be quite yeah. honest, when certain people take over certain teams that were already built, and they win, they you know they get the guru title. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they built that whole thing. Yeah, and like I said, that's a whole <laughs> another episode, whole another episode that we're gonna go into, but um. I think that I, we we've spent 27 minutes on the Buffalo Bills. That's my squad, lifetime Buffalo Bills fan. I hope we get some Bills Mafia to to listen to it. Um, definitely a fan, 100. percent But just a realist. It's just this is, you know, this team ha- can't make mistakes, and, and this is a team that cannot make mistakes. They this is they have to play solid ball, 60 minutes, mistake free grind it out right now the running game is non-existent so it's going to be a defensive ball control battle which they can they proven they can win those, those games so i just hope tomorrow 
can I get 150, 200 yards out of Derek Anderson? You think that's not too much to ask for, but you get 150, I, 200 yards out of Derek Anderson, you get 75 from Chris Ivory, 95 to 105 from LaShawn McCoy, and Kelvin Benjamin catches more than one ball. And, and that's another that's another episode for Bill's Mafia. It's time to move on for the sh- from the Shady McCoy experiment. That that has to be ended. Got to pull a plug on that. They got to call uh, DC and tell them to cut the funding for the Shady McCoy. Well, uh, word on the street from last week about I say about Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Philadelphia was trying to package some things together to get him back to Philly. And I, I, I thought Buffalo stomped on that and killed it. Why I don't know. Like it, let him go, let him go, yeah. and and come back and stockpile. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong with the way I think. But stockpile draft picks. You need draft picks. You need people that don't have this mentality in their head or this uh, the stench of losing. Put it that way. You need people that's going to come in yeah. and they're fresh. They're bright-eyed. They're bushy-tailed. They're ready to roll. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you got a team that, that made the wild card last year, and I know you changed quarterbacks, and I was happy for the change. I don't think Tyrod Taylor will ever be the answer for any franchise. Um, But they, they did have a top-ten running game last year. I mean, it's just the drop-off is, is – and like I said, you lost two – um, Pro Bowl caliber lineman and incognito mm-hmm. wood retiring to neck injury. So I mean, it's that's a big those two big losses. You can't you can't downplay how big of a loss those are. So, but to the credit of the scouting department, you got better on defense with the drafting of uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, you still have Lorenzo Alexander, who's getting a little up there in age, but still can get it done. One man gang. Um, you did sign Trent Murphy. You got Mr. Buffalo Bill, Kyle Williams. But how long is it going to be before Kyle Williams has to hang him up? Because he's been doing this for, what, 12 years now? Yeah, I, I would I would think this is Kyle's last year. He, you know, injuries are starting to pile up. He's slowing down a little bit. If they get one more year out of him, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. But it does it wouldn't surprise me if he hangs him up at the end of the year. I'd like to see y'all get uh, – I know Trent Murphy's working back off of um, ACL surgery from last season as a Redskin, but I would like to see him, you know, Bill's Mafia don't give up on Trent Murphy. Once he gets that motor going, he's going to be in the quarterback's face an awful lot. Trust me. All and right, I'm on. I, I'm saying that as a Redskin fan because I know what he can do. Yeah, I know you miss Trent Murphy. Ah, uh, man, do I? Do I ever? Well, let's go right into the Redskin Cowboys. Big, you know, big rivalry game for your your squad tomorrow. Um, it's it's looking like um, Chris Thompson is not expected to play tomorrow, and this is. I know you don't want to hear this, but this game is in DC, right? Or in I'm sorry, it's in Raul John, right? KG, Dan, did I lose you there, bro? I hope not. KG, uh, you yeah. still you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh man, I, I about to say, don't do this. We've been having a good one. We gotta 
started all over, man. I'd have flew to anchor myself. <laughs> all right, I was saying Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is not expected to play tomorrow. It, this is it, this is in Raul John, right? <laughs> Raul John Landover. <laughs> uh, it's off of Bright Seat Road, off of Sheriff Road. What you want to call it? Hey, man. I, you know what, bro? I really I, don't get me wrong. Chris Thompson's dual threat, hell of a bat. I think the best thing for Alex Smith is not to have Chris Thompson there because if Chris Thompson's there, he's getting 15 targets. But now, hold on. To stand up for my quarterback, that is a good thing because of what Chris Thompson can do. Now, think back last year with, you know, mind you, we had totally different quarterback situation. We had Kirk Cousins. We had uh, Chris Thompson out there the first, what was it, five or six games he was out. He was um on the field. Chris Thompson killed it. I mean, look what he did to the Rams. Look what he was doing to the Saints before he got hurt. Just how he was he could take a pass and turn it into 75 yards. He could take a third down run, and he didn't have to run between the tackles, but if it got clogged in the middle, he would stop, you know, read the newspaper a little bit, and then he'd take off outside, and you got to try to catch him. He's so small that you know, he, he creates a problem. And then he's so flexible and he moves so well. When you throw him the ball, he makes magic happen. So and I see, don't mind I, 15 targets. And see, and, and that's that's not – that's kind of not the reason why I'm saying that's, that's good for the Redskins because now it's going to force Alex Smith to find somebody else in the offense. You have – one of the best tight ends in the league at Jordan Reed. Then you all you have um what's the boy name? Uh, the other tight end. Uh Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, thank you. I'm looking at him in my head and I can't say his name. I'm I'm thinking that's gonna be better for the old now he can get comfortable with Jordan Reed, maybe. Vernon Davis. Fine. Uh if Doxon's playing. I don't know if Paul Richards, he found him last week in the end zone. Find your other targets. Then when Chris Thompson comes back, you put that all together and move that ball down. For now, you don't know who he's going to. And I think that's what I'm going to. Maybe I, I didn't word it. Chris Thompson is definitely important to the Redskins offense. I just think that the offense, ah, I hate to say they get better in the long run without him being there now, if that makes sense to you. Because – if 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 nothing's there, he's going to Chris Thompson. He's going to Chris. You can't do that with AP in the backfield. You have to find somebody else. And I True. think I think Alex Smith has gotten a little bit too comfortable finding Chris Thompson. Now you take that beast out of the backfield, and you got AP, which is mainly a runner. But he, you, but he can catch out of the backfield. He he can't not 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 Chris Thompson is though. No, but he can catch out of the backfield and make some things happen. And, and speaking of Adrian Peterson, I don't want to hear a Redskins fan complain about anything this man does for the rest of the season because he went out there last week and he balled out with a bum shoulder. Yeah, true indeed. And one thing I can say about AP is when we signed him, everybody was like, man, why are we signing these old dudes? That's a dude. One thing about AP, he's not human. Always remember that this dude came back from a torn ACL and damn near rushed for 2,000 yards. Nobody comes back from a torn ACL like that. Are you crazy? 
Like, but it's not that he signed because, well, you know, I need some place to be, and no, 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 no. He wanted to be here, and and there's an and not only did he want to be here, but it's a need for him here. Exactly, and it's not you know I'm puffing my chest out. I'm Adrian Peterson. I'm gonna start. It's no, I got. Capri Bibbs behind me. I got Chris Thompson behind me. I got Samaji Piran. Okay, fellas, when you running, this is what you got to look for. When you coming out on the outside, this is when what you got to see. This is what I see, but what you got to look for is X, Y, and Z. He's been a mentor. Mm-hmm. He's giving out trade secrets that a Hall of Fame running back should be you know, telling guys behind him. His career is nowhere near over, but he's giving out these secrets to the young guys. That's why I love it. His presence. You see him. You don't see him on the sideline sitting by himself because he didn't get the ball. You see him standing up. You see him grab Chris Thompson, pull Chris Thompson close. And, you know, when things are going good, of course, he's all smiles, as you should be. But when things are kind of tight, he's in those guys' ears. When you get in the game, look for X, Y, and Z. This is what you got to do. You got to hit that hole. You got to go. And I want him in Samaji P. Ryan's ear like, Forget just talking to him. I need you to yell this to Maji P. Ryan because I'm tired of him. Every time he hit the hole, he take two steps and fall. Yeah, I told you, you know, we, we talked about it on other podcasts, the Samaji P. Ryan and the Rob Kelly experiments. For me, they need to pull the plug on those two. Really? Well, they need to pull the, the, the it's, 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 you, you How long have they been here? And they're constantly hurt. And then when they get in the game, it's just not – it's just not it's it's not productive. Samaji P. Ryan, uh, this is his second year. Rob Kelly been here since twenty sixteen. But to be quite honest with you, and I'm dead serious about this, I would deactivate Samaji P. Ryan tomorrow. If but no, you know what? If Chris Thompson's not gonna play, I would activate uh Mac Brown off the practice squad. See, most people don't know. We just got – when we lost Mac, they put Mac Brown on the practice squad because they had to sign an old lineman. Minnesota came in and scooped him up. Mac Brown, when he played with the Redskins last season, he came into the game. Every time this man touched the ball, it was 7 to 10 yards. And I'm not talking about, oh, he broke free. No, he looked like he stuck. And all of a sudden, you see this little flash of short lightning coming out of there. He got a first down. And he popped right back up. You think you laid a lick on him. He popped back up. I mean, I like Matt Brown. I feel that he should be on the active roster. But, of course, I'm not Jay. I'm not uh, 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 <laughs> I'm not in any position to say, you know, hey, this is what should be happening. Well, so. Well, we're we, we going to tag the Redskins in this, and hopefully they listen to us. and Maybe they invite us out of FedEx Field so we can see it live and in person one day. <laughs> uh, two people that's going to gonna find out what they made up tomorrow is Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne because he's about to go against the Dallas squad that got that big man back there, Ezekiel Elliott, and you know they're going to give him the ball 15, 20-plus times, and it's going to be on them. This is your, this is, you know, this is what you got drafted for. To help stop this man right here, to to bring a bottom of the league run defense, and put, put not patchwork, but build that foundation where 
You can be you can be raising hell up front and stopping the run. It's gonna be a test tomorrow. Trondy, but not just for Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Uh, it's gonna be a test for Matt Ioannidis, who constantly plays out of position, but plays so daggone good you can't get mad. He's a defensive end, but he'll play the nose. And when he plays the nose, he gets that penetration. And I just I I I, I love the dude. I would like to see Caleb Brantley play. I like to see a little Tim Settle. I want to see Mason Foster and Zach Brown play like I know they can play. I want to see Ryan Kerrigan get back there. I need to see the showstopper stop the show tomorrow. I need to see uh, that secondary, uh, Quentin Dunbar, Fabian Moreau, Monte Nicholson, Josh Norman, um, DJ Swearinger. I need to see you guys ball out. But this is something that needs to be that needed to be said tonight. And I'm glad I'm glad we did this show. Because me and you had a conversation earlier about rivalries. This particular rivalry goes back to 1960. If you're not familiar with it, if you're a cowboy fan, you hate the Redskins. You're a Redskin fan, you hate the Cowboys. It's a such a deep-seated root. And it's like so deep in the ground. The 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 battles we've had, the Cowboys have played the Redskins in the playoffs and never beat the, the Redskins before in the playoffs. Okay. I just I hate the Cowboys like with a passion. Like I hate picking it. I hate picking them. Everything. Every old video of every Cowboys victory needs to be shown. So every player that's this is their first year doing Cowboys Redskins, you have to understand how deep it is. It's very deep. And they're coming into DC. Merlin, where they're coming into our home tomorrow. And hopefully, praying, we're wearing white jerseys, burgundy pants, so they can wear them ugly blue jerseys. <laughs> I just laugh, man, because I can hear the hate in your voice for the blue jerseys. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And the, the, the rivalry goes back to 1960. October 2nd, 1960. That was the first game. Now, we've had battles, and everybody was talking. Been, it's Dallas week. This is one of the biggest. It's two weeks a year that I get really ginned up for football, and that's both Dallas weeks. I, I break out my jerseys, my hats, everything. Normally, I just kind of keep it chill because, of you know, I don't want to put it in your face too much. But now, and, and tomorrow's a four o'clock game, man. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Why is it a four o'clock? I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out, my dad wants so. But okay. this is this is everything from the 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 Clint Longley throwing two bombs on Thanksgiving to uh you know just getting slaughtered in in eighty two during a strike shortened season by. Uh, the Cowboys. That needs to be shown so you know how to hate them. But what needs to be shown is beating the Cowboys in the playoffs two times. 
that needs to be shown. The Monday Night Miracle needs to be shown. Um, when that's and the playoff victory was in '82. Uh, Dexter Manley tipping the ball up. Daryl Grant returning it in for a touchdown. That needs to be shown so you know the other side of it. The Monday Night Miracle. Uh, Sean Taylor's uh, Troy Vince's block of the field goal. Sean Taylor's recovery and return with the 15 yard face mask that set up a game when it that right there. That feeling of dissatisfaction beating the Cowboys Thanksgiving 2012 when we ruined their Thanksgiving. Oh, just RG3 just coming out, just slinging the rock, hitting Niles Paul, hitting Aldrick Robinson, hitting Pierre Garçon, and we did it in Dallas. Those things need to be shown. Beating the Cowboys in 2012 again, last game of the season for the NFC East Championship. Just that feeling of satisfaction, that conquering feeling, that needs to be shown. That needs to be talked about. This rivalry needs to go back to what it once was, where we're not exchanging jerseys after the game. No, I hate you. Get off my feet. Go home. I don't want to pray with you. Nothing. You, if you ever question this man's uh, authenticity of being a Redskins fan after listening to that, you need to go ahead and pop some pills or something, okay? Because my man just broke down to you the history. Without stuttering, he's not looking at no phone. This man knows that when it comes to his this team right here, and you can hear the passion in his voice for it, and you know how big of a deal this game is tomorrow. Okay, this game tomorrow, I think it's going to be a really, really good game because Dallas, even though Dak isn't moving the ball, passing, they, they had a real he had a real good game last week against yes. the, the mighty Jaguars and, and shut Jalen Ramsey up for. Please, I, I hope he doesn't talk any more this season. Um, <laughs> because, Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious, man. Just just be quiet, kid. You know, until y'all until Blake Bortles. And, and be consistent. You're talking about every other quarterback in the league, but you got one of the worst ones uh, on the other side of the field. So just be quiet over there. But Dak and Cole Beasley finally, you know, struck goal a couple times. Um, if you got to pick some keys to the game tomorrow, KG, for the Redskins to come out victorious and route John, what are they? KG. Uh oh. Did I lose KG? I'm here. I'm, okay. You fading a little bit for me. I don't know why I'm fading, man. Let's try it. I was saying if you had to pick your keys to victory for a Redskins victory tomorrow in Rao John. What... <laughs> <laughs> he won't let that go. What do the Redskins have to do tomorrow to beat the Dallas Cowboys? Off break. Keep Dak Prescott in the pocket. Do not let him roll out. Do not let him get the running. Keep him in the pocket. That's number one. Number two, uh, maintain Ezekiel Elliott because he's one man that can actually beat you. He can he can be the catalyst for this game. You have to put um, <clears throat> you have to put uh the clamps on him. And and uh, third key, 
remember. Remember that <laughs> this is not just another game on the schedule. This is not a whistle stop. This is a divisional game. This is how you stay in first place in the division where we are. Remember that Harvey Martin threw a funeral wreath into our locker room after he beat us. Remember that. Re remember when we were on our way to probably an undefeated season that Steve Berline and he came in for injured Troy Aikman with Michael Irvin and Emmitt Smith and beat us in RFK. Remember that feeling. Know that if you don't come out with your keys to victory right, <coughs> excuse me, in, 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 in the forefront of your brain and you do what you have to do, don't talk no smack. Remember that taste of victory, but also think about how bad defeat tasted and how them damn cowboy fans don't shut the hell up after we lose. I don't want to hear that anymore. I want, as far as Redskin Nation, you go into the game decked out. I want towels, everything. Two hours before the game, I want to be able to ride through Landover, and I want to be able to hear we want Dallas. Take it back to those RFK days and have FedEx Field rocking. Speaking of FedEx Field, brother, you think if, if you had to guesstimate right now, with the percentage of Cowboy fans in that stadium tomorrow, what, what percentage you think? Unfortunately, brother, I'm going to say 51 to 52% because for some odd reason now, I never knock anybody for being a, a fan of any team. I'll, I'll give Cowboy fans a hard time, but people in this area, especially if you were born from, I'll say about 89 to about 94-ish, you're Cowboy fans because you grew up in a time where the Cowboys were on top. So that's all you knew. But those of us that were born in the 80s and the you know late 70s or even the mid to 70s that's in this area, I don't see how you're a Cowboy fan. But those older people that were born in the 60s and the 50s and stuff like that, I understand why you're a Cowboy fan. I wholeheartedly understand that. But for some reason, it's the hot thing to be as a Cowboy fan. Because well, you, went high, you went higher than me because I was going to say about 45%. You say about Because I think – I say about 45% because I think that the Redskins fans are going to come out for the game. I don't think it's supposed to be any precipitation for tomorrow. I think I, it's supposed to be – I don't believe so, brother. And so I think it's supposed to be – you know, that of course, that'll – you know, keep people away and keep people home if it's raining or why, I don't know. It's a football game, and that's how we play football. We go in any weather. But um, I, since you gave the Redskins keys to victory, I'm going to give the Dallas keys to victory. Ball control. That cannot have any turnovers. All right? Put put pressure on Alex Smith. You saw what it, what it did in the New Orleans game. Put pressure on Alex Smith. Make him make some mistakes. They got a solid defense, and give the ball to Zeke twenty times. Well, that's that's rushing and 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 receiving combo. That's always the key to victory.
we just said about the Bills not being able to to make drives. If the Cowboys can get some drives together, keep the Redskins off the field, wear down the defense with Zeke. I think if they give him the ball twenty plus times, we've talked about this before, and in the, in, the, in the Sunday pregame when we talking and making our picks, that's the 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 recipe for the Dallas Cowboys right now is Zeke twenty plus touches, solid defensive play. And I think they have a chance at victory. I think it's going to be I, – I think it's going to be a slobber knocker tomorrow, man. Well, uh, I'm hoping for that. And I would love to get a season sweep. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the next time we play the Cowboys will be uh, Thanksgiving. And I would love to ruin that Thanksgiving also once again, same way we did six years ago. I would love well, to start, truly ruin well, well, Hey, well, well, let's start beating the drum and see if they'll let the sideline junkies in the Thanksgiving game for the Cowboys and the Redskins. We're going to start beating that drum, man. Hey, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, take a couple days off and we go to Texas and, you know, I can, I think I got, I think I got enough paraphernalia. I can outfit all the sideline junkies and Redskins (laughs) paraphernalia. I think I can do that. Well, we're going to give our predictions on the show tomorrow, but if you got to give, your score prediction of the game tomorrow. What's your what's your prediction? Uh, for the game tomorrow, with the Redskins having the type of defense that's pretty daggone good, uh, better than the last two years. <sighs> Not being biased, Redskins twenty four, Cowboys twelve. They're gonna double them up. Keep them out the end zone, forcing the kick field goals. It's going to be shaky at first, but it's going to be a defensive turnover. Probably a DJ Swearinger interception out of nowhere that kind of turns the tide, and then the Redskins will be able to cruise, you know, be a lot of back slapping and smiles on the sideline for the Redskins tomorrow towards the end of the game. I'm going to give the Redskins an edge, even though Dallas is favorite by a point and a half. That ain't saying um, much. Yeah, it's not saying much, but it's they still favorites in y'all house. Um, I think it's gonna be a real close game. Um, you know, people are saying well the Redskins are injured at receiver. They haven't really been doing nothing this year anyway. So it's it's not like you know they they've been lighting it up on the scoreboard or on the stat sheet. Um, I think if you could, and the same thing goes for what I was saying about Zeke on on the Dallas side. If AP can help control the Redskins offense, move the ball, you can hit Jordan Reed, always a killer. Vernon Davis, you still got weapons there. I think I think Washington is going to squeak this one out. I'm gonna say it's going to be yeah, 24-21 Washington. I'm I'm gonna give it to him right now, but I'm gonna definitely think about it. I'm going to sleep on it, and we'll be back in the morning with the, the pregame show. So Now, you uh, said 24 what now? 24-21. 24-21. Hmm. I, I can take I th- that. I think it's going to be a close game, man. I really do. Both, I think Dallas is coming off the high of playing Jacksonville, getting the offense finally going, getting some confidence. And then y'all rebounded, almost lost it to Carolina, but y'all held on at home. That builds confidence. So both teams coming in. It's an important game. Y'all trying to stay on top of the NFC East. Uh, Dallas is trying to gain ground. So, it's big, man. It's a big game. Yeah, it is. And I've been doing a lot of retro gaming 
the past week. So, you know, I've ordered old Madden's, Madden 03, 04, 05. Uh, and, you know, just messing around on them. And in every Madden game, I don't know how the stars aligned it this way. I'm playing Dallas. Hey. Hey, you know. It's a reason for it. You got to see him tomorrow, bro. I know you're gonna be strapped in the chair waiting for that, huh? Yes, sir. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna do everything that needs to be done early in the morning, and I might even take me a nap, pregame nap, and then uh, about three forty-five, I'm gonna go ahead and put my shoulder pads on, my eye black, strap on my helmet, buckle that chin strap, and be ready to run out the tunnel. Well, real quick, we haven't we haven't had an NBA. Uh, episode yeah so let's I wanted I wanted to touch on the the Wizards first two games the Wizards are 0-2 after falling to a Kawhi Leonard list Toronto Raptor team tonight I'm I know it's early KG it's 82 games but I just get the feeling that this is your same old grandma's Wizards uh, unfortunately that's what it feels like and then Dwight Howard didn't play again tonight um and I'm, <laughs> they say he has a hurt buttock, so he's butt hurt. Um, I'm, I'm not too happy with what I'm seeing. And I know this is a I, – I, I called this over the summer, and I said that, you know, with the signing of Dwight Howard, uh, you still got a healthy John Wall. Bradley Bill came back, what is he, uh, 15 pounds heavier, more muscle. And, and broke Gilbert Arenas. He's an all-time three-point leader in Wizards history. Congratulations, Big Brad Bill, uh, taking that. I think Gil called him out. Gil wanted to do a three-point shootout. So, <laughs> but I, it's 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 KG. It's disappointing, man, because um, the first game, the part owner of the Wizards, Kelly Olynyk, helped the the Heat beat the Wizards. Uh, mm. They can't seem to shake him whatever team he's at he's on and then to lose tonight well yesterday night to the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard I just feel like those are games you have to win yeah that's true I mean just like there is no no such thing as a little game every game is a big game Every game is kind of sort of a must win because you got to think about it. You got to you got to come out of the gate in the Eastern Conference. It's a LeBronless Eastern Conference for the first time in the last fifteen years. You got yes, no sir. LeBron. Yes, sir. So the Eastern Conference is wide open. A lot of people say that since Jordan's retirement, his uh, second retirement when he retired from the Bulls, the Eastern Conference kind of sort of went down because everybody was playing in the West and the West was so competitive. The West was so dominant, but the East is so competitive. You got a wide open race and you got teams like, of course, your Boston. Um, it's supposed to be the Wizards, Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, Indiana. Um, even Miami then surged up. Uh, Philadelphia. That's seven uh-huh. teams right there. I, I, you know what? After Boston put the whipping in on Philly the other night, I'm gonna take Philly out of that. They, that, that because it's like like we we keep talking about. It's just games that are big, you know, teams that whip up on you the season before, and you you got to come back stronger. And they they just didn't have anything for Boston the other night, 
And I know it's early in the season, but Boston looks like it's I, – I would like to see the Boston-Toronto full strength, nobody injured just to see what that's going to look like because Toronto's looking strong right now. So um, Philly got a lot to prove, man. They, they, they sure. do. I, I loved them last year. I thought they were going to get to the East Finals last year. They didn't. But they got a lot to prove, man. They got to prove they can beat Boston. Well, I, but that's seven teams. No matter how you slice it, that's seven it teams is. right there. It is. So, but it, you don't know in which seed those seven teams are going to go. That eighth seed is wide open, and unfortunately, I don't think my Bulls are even going to make that eighth seed because they're zero and two also. Yeah, and then you go out with the other night opening up against LA. They look real good at home. Um, ah. People are making a big deal out of uh, Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench with the Rockets, which I think – I don't know why that's a big deal. I think he should be coming off the bench. I don't think he, he's done anything the last couple of seasons that be like, he needs to start. Mm-hmm. But, no, he started they, – they feel he needs to start because he is Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony, yeah. I, but this is not – this is not um, your Denver comment. This is not the same Carmelo Anthony that – we entered into adulthood with, and you know, he went toe to toe with Kobe in the Western Conference Finals. He could take over a game not only with his scoring, but he could create turnovers, he could feed teammates, and you know, he doesn't look like he's having fun anymore. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. I think the whatever basketball fun, I think New York might have sucked that out of him, you know. Um, but we we gonna come back, KJ. You gotta we gotta come back. We gotta get my man Paul on. We're gonna have all NBA show. We're gonna pick a night. We're just gonna talk about the NBA and what's going on with the, the Washington Wizards, the 0 and 2 Wizards. I think I know when Dwight Howard comes back, it's gonna be a different team because he he just he has God given talent. Whether you like him or not, whether you feel like he takes plays off, he takes, you know, doesn't play 100%. Him being on the floor is just going to make a whole – the team a whole different team. So – and then, you know, the Miami game, if he probably – you know, of course, you, you should have, would have, could have anything to death. But the Miami game, if he was in there, of course, you figure he – you know, if he's down low, they don't get that rebound. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kelly O'Neill doesn't get the putback with Dwight Howard down there. So that's what I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see Dwight come back 100% healthy. I think without the White Howard, you know, the Wizards can sneak in uh, sixth to eighth seed. I think with them, they can might, you know, depending on you know how the team gels, and and you know, we, we know Brad can play, we know Wall can play, we know Wave Poppy can play, you know, Auto Porter. We, we we're not questioning that. We question can it be consistent? You know, can you guys be consistent? Can you do a night in and night out against the teams that you're you're supposed to beat and not lose to the Atlantas of the world, the Knicks of the world. Um, you know, the, the, I can't even say the heat of the world cause they keep losing to the heat. Right. So, but bulls, man, you, you, they got some work to do, man. We, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna touch on the bulls, man. I, so far, what you think, uh, how the roster's constructed, you know, <laughs> Um, that bad man. 
I'm 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 not overly ecstatic. Um coming into this season, it's not like I, I, I said, you know, well, let me get ginned up for this. Cause I can't. I, I mean, Lori's out with an elbow injury. I don't we don't know how long he's gonna be out. Uh we don't have that defining star, you know, that um can just like take over a game, can close out a game. We don't we don't have it. Well, I mean you y'all dropped to, to the pistons. I think the the ball slipped out of Levine's hands. He had thirty three tonight. So it looks like he's trying to be that person. Y'all dropped to the Pistons 118, 116. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think Levine had the chance to win the game and the ball slipped out of his hands. So give us some time, brother. Give us some time. No, it, it, but we got a, a few young guys. Um Wendell Carter out of Duke. Yep. I I, I really like him. I like him you a like, lot. Hold on, hold on, Mike. Where's the end button on anchor? You you like somebody from Duke? Come on, man. Yeah. This is no, no, I no, mean, no, no. This ain't this ain't what we do on this podcast, man. But look at what he did in summer league. I mean, I I, I like his potential. I like his upside. Uh, Chris Dunn, that he's a bright spot. Uh, Justin Holiday, Drew Holiday's one of his brothers. Uh, he's another bright spot. I didn't really care for the Zach Levine signing, but I mean, if he can score thirty two, uh, okay. But I need him to do that on a consistent basis. Uh, of course, we got my man. I like to call him Dirty Lopez, Robin <laughs> Lopez, because everybody think that's a, a, a knock. No, it's not a knock. I call him Dirty Lopez because he ain't afraid to get dirty. Robin Lopez will get down on the block, and he puts his hard hat on with the lunch pail and the sandwiches, kiss the wife, and he like, I'm clocking and I'm going to work. He's Yeah, no, time, I'm turning my phone off. I, I'm, don't, don't call me while I'm at work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he he is a man. He is a mensch, and I love him. I love that we he came back this year. Um, of course, Lori's out for a little while. He'll be back, but Lori's out for a while. Um, signing Jabari Parker, I, I, I absolutely love that. I wanted him and Jaleel Okafor, but I'll take Jabari Parker. And um, I'm just hoping that they said they're going to put him at small forward slash two guard. Just figure out how it's going to be get that right um Cameron Payne it's another one uh and then Denzel Valentine those those are those are my favorites there uh I'm still not a real big fan of Fred Hoiberg I like Fred Hoiberg as a player I don't really care for him as a coach because uh, Tibbs was my man I, I watched Tom Thibodeau take a team of defensive standouts and a healthy Derrick Rose and make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Championship by preaching the concept of defense. If we keep them under 80, all we got to do is score 86. That's it. But uh, the coaching staff, um, Pete Myers, who's on everybody's coaching staff in Chicago for some odd reason. Um, Randy Brown's on the, on the, on the coaching staff. Uh, Jim Boylan. Um, you know, I just, Fred, I think this is, Fred Hoiberg's on the hot seat. If you we don't so? win this year, I, I know so. We don't win this year, I think that is oh, it's it. It's over. That's done. 
Um, speaking of Chicago coaches, uh, what was that last week? Well, you know, we lost Tex Winter when you sent me that. My heart yeah. sank. Yeah, I see. Yep. And for anybody that don't know, if it wasn't for Tex, I don't know if Phil would be considered one of the greatest coaches of all time because Tex invented the triangle offense, and Phil brought it to Chicago. And he implemented it slowly, but surely it didn't work at first. And he stuck with it, won six titles with the Bulls, turned around, won three titles with the Lakers, and then turned around, won another two titles with the Lakers. So what is that? Total of 11 titles? He had (laughs) 13 rings all together. So rest in peace to Tex, but we need something like that going on in Chicago. We need to recapture some of that magic. And in actuality, I'm going to say it, it's two names that I'd love to see become the Chicago Bulls head coach. One is Jason Kidd mm. because he should have never been fired in Milwaukee. Never. When they, when he got fired, that team went downhill. And they kind of struggled, but they, you know, Giannis brung him back up. He put him on his back for a little while, but they just couldn't, you know, push past to get out of the first round. And the other coach, don't get mad at me, Scott Brooks. Uh, I would love to. I would love to get Scott Brooks. Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna dive into. We gotta we gotta pick a day this week, and we're gonna talk about it tomorrow. And we're gonna blast our All NBA show. I'm gonna get Paul lubed up. Get him. He get the app ready for his phone. And get everybody, we're going to do the all-NBA joint. And we'll dive into this a little bit more because, um, yeah, that's 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 interesting you said that. But I'm going to leave that for our, our NBA show. <laughs> I'm going to leave that for that. <laughs> but, hey, man, like always, brother, hey, we, we, got, we got 10, 11 hours to be do the NFL tip-off for week, what's this, week six, week seven? Week seven. Week seven, week number seven, and we'll be live and direct. Well, not live, but we'll be we'll be on here giving y'all our pregame show. That should be up and ready probably by at least noon. Yeah. So and yeah. part two will be up by three thirty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for myself, BJ, for KG, uh, you can find us on the iTunes and Google Play. We'll tweet this show out with tag. All the teams that we we, we talked about today, at, oh, fighting the Lakers Houston game, ooh, getting chippy, getting chippy. But we're you know we're tagging and we'll post the, the links to the show on everybody you know for everybody to to click on and listen to. Like always, you know, sideline junkies twenty four seven at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. Feedback. Um, if you're on Anchor, if you're not on Anchor, make a profile. You can send us a minute message. We we definitely would love to post that on air for everybody here. If you got anything, a comment or, or or anything we said. So, KG, I see you in the morning, brother. Yes, sir. Hey, for for uh, two fifths of the sideline junkies, two six, whatever we got. How many people we got? Six. We got six. Two six of the sideline junkies. We out of here for the night. Everybody be safe, and we'll catch y'all in a couple hours. All right, holla, holla.